New Yorkers have been through the ringer. Think about it. Three of the last four governors have either resigned in disgrace or left office under the, the uh, un, because because of scandal. The fact that we trivialize, and I want to explain why I use this term, uh, when a woman has some, a man put his hand under her blouse and fondle her breast, that this is a misdemeanor. This should be a felony. We have conned the public into believing that if we just spent another billion dollars on education or we put another billion dollars into public housing or we put another billion dollars into solving homelessness or whatever it happens to be that that it's going to solve the problem and it clearly it clearly hasn't the problem in the country is there's a lack of enforcement we have plenty of gun laws and as you and i both know we've skipped along and crime is peaked and subsided based on enforcement. What we're lacking today is enforcement, and that lies in the will of the elected official. The police are only as affected as the elected officials will empower them to be. And there used to be a time in this country where people came here with two nickels, and they went from poverty into the middle class in one generation. We have a responsibility as Americans to protect the concept of the American dream. Welcome to Between the Lines. I'm your host, Lou Palumbo. As usual, we have no shortage of things to talk about. Let me remind you why we're doing this. It's very simple. It's for our children and the future of this country. Uh, we're here to find solutions to some of the, the heavy lifting issues and problems facing the country today. On today's show, we're going to have a gentleman by the name of Tom Basili. Tom is a Newsmax TV host, Washington Times columnist, and an author. I have a few questions for Tom. Uh, they're going to revolve around gun control, crime in our major cities, the borders, this issue with um, Texas and how they're posturing with the federal government. And we're going to discuss Governor Cuomo and his departure as governor of the state of New York. So I thank you for joining us today. And uh, I encourage you to go on to our website at betweenthelines.tv. With that being said, let's get into the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to, with great pleasure, introduce introduce you to a gentleman by the name of Tom Basile. As I mentioned earlier, he's a Newsmax columnist. He's an author. He writes for the Washington Post. And he's, he's a very, very uh, tuned in individual. And we are like-minded on many topics. Um, so this is going to be an interesting conversation. As, as Tom and I have spoken before, uh, there's an element of, of myself that kind of evolved through my maturation process of um, stepping away from contention. And as we both know, uh, we live in a rather contentious um, uh, culture today. So without further ado, I want to thank Tom. I want to introduce you to him. And we're going to start this little exchange. So Tom, thank you for joining me today. I cannot tell you in words how much I appreciate it and how much uh, respect I have for you based on oh, your accomplishments. Lou, thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate it. I do have to correct one thing. I'm a columnist for the Washington Times. Somebody who has my views probably would not be uh, would not be uh, accepted by the Washington Post. Very different ideological bent. I, I understand two, that, and I apologize. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> all right. Because I do know the difference. Yeah. So, in any case, um, uh, you know, you and I have spoken and um, we are very like-minded. You know, I would say that um, we're conservative in many of our views. We're, we're gravely concerned for the, the future of our children in this country. The, you know, the destiny is somewhat distressing as what we're living in today. 
and um, there's no shortage of things we're going to be able to discuss today. You know, one of the first things I, I do want to talk to you about is we're going to get right into the governor, if I may. This, is, this has been a rather interesting experience with Governor Cuomo, who finally, I guess, through divine intervention, has realized he's had to step down as opposed uh, to continuing to impugn the character and credibility of 11 young women. So, um, you know, I'm curious to hear what, you've, what you feel the impact of this is going to be on the state to begin with, Tom. Well, sure. Um, and, uh, you know, I was the executive director of the state Republican Party when uh, when Spitzer resigned and Patterson then took over. Patterson then had his scandals and then decided not to run for reelection. And then we got uh, Prince Andrew, as I've been calling him. Um, and uh, I also call him Fredo's brother. Uh, and so, you know, New Yorkers have been through the ringer. Think about it. Three of the last four governors have either resigned in disgrace or left office under the, the uh, un, because because of scandal, and um, I'm I'm glad that he has chosen to to resign. I don't think that uh, his beating up on these women is going to stop. I think that he is going to be facing some uh, some charges. He's going to be facing civil uh, and potentially uh, criminal cases in which he's going to mount a very, very fierce defense. He has already attacked them. He has attacked the investigation. And, um, and you know, New Yorkers are, are tired. Uh, they're being taxed out of their homes. They see political corruption is, uh, is the calling card of Albany, and they're looking for something different. Now, the big question is, Kathy Hochul, will become the governor. She's going to be the first woman governor in New York. She she ran as a moderate. She's known for being a moderate. She's an upstate Western New Yorker who is the county clerk of Erie County uh, and a one-term congresswoman who ran with, with uh, the NRA's support at one point. Um, but the, the ascension of the socialist wing of the Democratic Party out of the city of New York in particular is very, very strong. I have a so, quick question for you. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Are you considering running yourself? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I'm not. I, uh, I, I have run for office. I'm an elected official in the Hudson Valley. Uh, I'm, I'm finishing out my term. And, and, and Lou, I, uh, I, I am very fortunate to, uh, to have my, my show on Newsmax Television America right now and to, have, um, to be able to project my voice across the country and that is, as somebody who served in government at the local, state, and the federal level, um, now I, I think that that is the best way for me to serve. Well, you see, and, and I don't mean to, to do be what a, you're doing to project um, some common sense into this national conversation. But, but you see, the the thing that's different between the two of us, Tom, is that you have a good shelf life ahead of you. And perhaps if I were younger, I would entertain politics. But you see, we need good young men like you, progressively thinking that would represent some some balance and some direction in a state in this state in particular that's going awry i do want to tell you something interesting that you touched on it has to do with taxation the state of new york is following right in the footsteps of the state of california and there's no mm -hmm. secret we're already experiencing a departure of many people from the city and state of new york and i think people should anticipate that to increase but um, I, I wasn't trying to flatter you, Tom, or patronize you. I really think it's something you should consider. You've already alluded to the fact that you have a lot of experience under your belt. So, you know, I'm not 
telling you I'm going to come in and run your campaign or anything or <laughs> handle your security, but I think it's something you might entertain. You know, you present yourself well and you're intelligent in your views, and I think you are a problem solver, which is what's lacking today. But um, well, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you saying that. And um, but in, in in the here and now, um, what we're really remains to be seen is what kind of leader Kathy Hochul will be. I think she has the opportunity to uh, engender a lot of um, a lot of goodwill as the first woman governor of the state. Uh, and uh, but she's she's going to have to demonstrate, I think, uh, for her to be successful and not just manage the same decline that you're talking about, Lou, she's going to have to be able to have the courage to um, uh, to be a problem solver and to not just kowtow to the socialist wing of the party. And we don't know whether or not she is going to be able to, uh, you know, to look at the middle class in the state of New York and say, we get it. I understand. You're literally being taxed out of your homes. You are fleeing. To say to the wealthy and business owners, I get it. I understand. You're leaving the state. You're taking your assets and your jobs with you. Uh, We're going to really help rein in this corruption, and we're going to make this state hospitable for people to to live and work and raise a family in again. And again, we just don't know what she's what she's going to be able to do. We do think that she's going to be primaried from the left, and um, and the far left has had some success in in getting in electing people who are out outside the mainstream of of our politics and therefore have an outsized role in policymaking. So um, I, I, for one, am very glad that uh, that Andrew Cuomo uh, has uh, is going to be departing the stage. Um, and I think that there is an opportunity to have some stability and and maybe a course correction in in Albany. But uh, I, uh, you know, with a with a far left legislature, it's going to be very difficult. You know, we're going to take a quick break, Tom, and we're going to come back to this. And I'm sure that you saw the press conference from the Albany County Sheriff, which was quite impressive. And we're going to speak very briefly to potential criminal charges here. And something that's quite troubling to me that putting your hand on the, the blouse of a woman and touching her breasts is not a felony. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be right back. We're going to take a quick break. I want to thank our sponsors, and I want to remind you, you can find us at betweenthelines.tv. You can view shows. Um, you can find news. You can participate, if you so choose, by leaving questions, and uh, I would encourage you to do so. We're going to be right back. If you're a podcaster, I can't say enough good things about Buzzsprout. That is how we distribute our show. And to learn more about them, go to our betweenthelines.tv. I do want to explain one thing about Buzzsprout. Very user-friendly. And as you know, we incorporated ourselves. So if you're inclined to create your own uh, podcast and you want some real good support mechanism, we would tell you entertain Buzzsprout. They're very, very good. And as I said, we use them. Instacart, another interesting concept. You can go to your favorite grocery stores, sign on to their application without leaving your home comfort of your home just pick out the items you'd like they'll assign a personal shopper for you and deliver them to the point that you would like them delivered to another great concept very user-friendly and i'll be honest we use it also it's very effective and they're very very good they're very uh, on point we're back and we're with a gentleman by the name of tom basili uh washington times columnist and author in his own right and newsmax tv 
journalist. And uh, I do want to thank him again, the, the information and his, his wealth of knowledge as to the these aren't really intricate problems. They're rather transparent if you really think about it. Sometimes about seeing the forest for the trees. But we're going to get back into this conversation about the, the cities, the condition of the cities, and political agenda, which I think is what's driving this whole narrative and, and um, the optic today in the country. So we, we were talking about the cities, Tom, and, and this, this agenda of one of our political parties. Um, I guess it's an attempt to continue to endear them to the political affiliation for the purpose of voting. I mean, that seems to be what the, the MO is, whether it's in our inner cities or even our borders, Tom, you know, and I do want to say one thing about the Republican party at some point, they've got to, I would believe soften or modify their approach to the immigration issue and start to consider amnesty for people who may have been here, say, for generations, which we have, interestingly enough. We've had people here 15, 20, 25, 30 years. If they were so important to get out of the country, we should have got off the stick a long time ago, Tom. There's got to be some, I would say, compromise, which is the word that's lacking in our conversations today um, yeah. in addressing that. But I do, do want to go back to the, to the cities. And what's so interesting is that I don't see anyone, to be very candid with you, doing anything to create some type of parity in the minority community. And my opinion is it's going to cost a lot of money and bodies. One thing I learned about the city of New York, they fix problems by throwing money and bodies at it. Well, this is a perfect scenario. I think we have to go back and take these cities back a block at a time. I do want to ask you this question to get your opinion. I guess you were around for January 6th of this year, right? The Great Siege. And what followed, right? We deployed tens of thousands of National Guardsmen into Washington, D.C. Am I correct, Tom? Yes, I guess did. I guess we had some people that were fearful for their safety. Yeah. Is there any reason why we're not employing that tactic in other major cities, especially those <laughs> riddled with shootings, to prevent and deter, which is the whole purpose of uniform policing? Is there a reason we're not going down this road, Tom? Remember last year when Donald Trump, President Trump, uh, offered to provide federal law enforcement and and uh, and the military to the mayors of Democrat cities that were literally being burned to the ground, and they were doing nothing about it. And he was called a racist. Nancy Pelosi called our troops stormtroopers, but of course the the elitists in Washington who are against a border wall. Uh, they threw up walls and they had they had troops sleeping in the Capitol um, and uh, they they had no compunction about doing that. And, and by the way, while all those troops were in D.C. protecting the Capitol building and protecting members of Congress, the shootings in Washington, D.C. went up through the roof. Yeah, yep. because the people, the real people in the communities that are dealing with the violence uh, that we're seeing, they're still dealing with it. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and the and, and Joe Biden didn't didn't give a hoot about any of those folks. Um, and that is that's a real you know, I, I wrote a column earlier in the year about about turning uh, Capitol Hill into the forbidden city in Beijing, what we call America's forbidden city is the way that I framed it. And when you look at the way authoritarians, when you look at the way Marxists and socialists sort of think about themselves, they all have some very similar characteristics. And we see that in the way that they respond to these crises. 
Um, they, they, they're gobbling up resources for themselves, but at the same time, they're not willing to use them to help real, to help real people. And again, the Democratic Party has, they have committed themselves to this war on cops. They did it all through last year, and it's still, and it still continues. Uh, and it's, and we're going to have a very significant problem with police shortages um, and with rising crime until police officers feel like they have the backing of the politicians. Uh, you know, it doesn't, when you, when you have a city like New York that abrogates qualified immunity and thinks that that is somehow going to help black and brown communities, that that is somehow going to help the economy, that it's somehow going to save lives, it is absolutely counterintuitive and just, and, and just insane. While at the same time, what do they want to do? They want to grow government in other places that are not only at arm's length from the people that need the most help, but really haven't demonstrated the ability to help them to begin with. Yeah, I, I, I can't help but not agree with you, Tom. I mean, it's, it's almost troubling. It's troubling what they're not doing, but what's even more troubling is the fact that this country is not speaking to it. I've not heard any news affiliate, regardless of them, speak to this issue about deployment of the National Guard for the purpose of Washington, D.C., and their sensitives, and the rest of this country. You know, I, I, I do want to just mention quite briefly, because I don't like to be too contentious, this thing with Cori Bush. I don't even know where to begin with this. I guess she's <laughs> entitled to buy people like myself from current or former law enforcement agents who are armed to protect her but we shouldn't pay people the same way she's paying people to protect you i'm missing something here along the way with this discussion but i do want to say common sense yeah uh, it's frightening Uh, but but you know what i I do want to thank her for being around because you know and i am i am quite liberal in a lot of my positions tom you'd be shocked your safety is not something that's negotiable with me um i am encouraged by people like Cori Bush and Tlaib and Omar, AOC, Beto O'Rourke, Julian Castro, Budapest, and even our vice president, that our 2022 midterms are going to swing in the right direction because if they don't, this is going to be our litmus test and everything we get after yeah. that, we're going to probably deserve. But uh, your, well, your well, take on Miss Miss uh, Miss Bush? Well, look, this is the, you know, do as I say, not as I do hypocrisy that you see from the far left all the time. Um, and, uh, you know, people tolerated Andrew Cuomo. We were taught, we started off talking about Andrew Cuomo in the first segment. Um, if Andrew Cuomo were a Republican, he would have been run out of town in 10 minutes. There would You're have right. been absolutely no tolerance for somebody who behaves the way he behaves with the number of scandals that he has. Um, look at Obama's uh, a birthday party on his, you know, private island or whatever the heck it was, a bunch of maskless elitists flying in on their on their carbon spewing private jets. Uh, and and but but, you know, kids are going to have to go back to school in masks in, uh, in in a lot of places in this country. It's do you know, it's it's Nancy Pelosi who lives behind a wall with lots of private security. But when we talk about, you know, about putting up you know, border protections, common sense border protections to help our border patrol that the border patrol wants. We can't do that. That's racist. That's xenophobic. Um, and the, the leftist hypocrisy, you know, I always say, Lou, I think that people generally in this country 
are a lot smarter than the politicians and the left-wing media give them credit for. I hope you're right about that, Tom. That statement and, you just made, I hope you're right about that. And, and, hey, look, look, remember, four years of Carter gave us two terms of Reagan. Um, and we, and as I've said on, my, on, on the air on my show before and on other Newsmax shows, you know, we have to put out those solutions. We have to double down on the formula for American greatness. But we also have to remember that we have to keep things in perspective. We've been here before, um, and we, we've seen urban decay before. You remember New York of the 1970s. It did get to a point, unfortunately, because we tend to do things very slowly in this country. But you remember New York of the 1970s. That did ultimately lead to a renaissance. And there is a, you know, a historical and political and policy pendulum that does tend to swing. Um, and, uh, and I think that if Republicans and conservatives and moderates and conservative Democrats, if there are any of them left, really take a look at what's going on in this country, they will, they will swing the pendulum back in 2022. The other thing, Lou, that I want to point out, and I think this is so important for people because they're, they're inundated with bad news, is that, you know, Justice Brandeis said that, that the state's are the laboratories for democracy. And he was right. And there's a lot of good stuff that's going on. Washington is a disaster, but there's a lot of good stuff that's actually going on in state legislatures because they're looking at the direction of Washington, at the direction of states like New York and California and Illinois. And they're, and they're trying to figure out, okay, how do we prevent, how do we protect our citizens? How do we prevent this from happening to us? We're seeing it on policing. We're seeing it on critical race theory. We're seeing it on, on um, things like ballot harvesting and, and you know, Mark Zuckerberg putting tens of millions of dollars into elections to try and, to try and uh, influence elections and things like that. So there's, there's a lot that is actually happening um, kind of under the radar of the CNNs and the MSLSDs of the world. Um, and it's important for people to realize that that uh, that there is starting to we are starting to see a pushback against some of this stuff. We're going to take a quick break, Tom, and I'm going to come back and speak very briefly to the cities that you alluded to in the 1970s. And then we're going to speak about the border. And I do want to have a conversation with you about Texas and how they're taking their posture and what's going to be the exchange between the federal government and Texas. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to thank our sponsors. Um, I would encourage you to go to our website at betweenthelines.tv. We have with us today a gentleman, Tom Basile. Uh I would say he's quite distinguished, uh, highly intelligent, articulate, and he probably should run for office again. I'm going to work him on this one, but we're going to be right back, guys. If you're a podcaster, I can't say enough good things about Buzzsprout. That is how we distribute our show. And to learn more about them, go to our betweenthelines.tv. I do want to explain one thing about Buzzsprout. Very user-friendly. And as you know, we incorporated ourselves. So if you're inclined to create your own uh, podcast and you want some real good support mechanism, we would tell you entertain Buzzsprout. They're very, very good. And as I said, we use them. Instacart, another interesting concept. You can go to your favorite grocery stores, sign on to their application without leaving your home comfort of your home just pick out the items you'd like they'll assign a personal shopper for you and deliver them to the point that you would like them delivered to 
Another great concept, very user-friendly, and I'll be honest, we use it also. It's very effective, and they're very, very good. They're very uh, on point. Okay, we're back, and with me is gentleman Tom Basili. Uh, Mr. Basili happens to be a Newsmax journalist and author, and to say this correctly again for the third time, a columnist with the Washington Times. We've been discussing the condition of our cities, and I want to continu- continue this discussion because Tom brought up a very interesting point about the 1970s and the 80s, by the way, uh, that existed, and the fact that we did usher in a renaissance. But there's something different happening here. And I just want to speak to that quite quickly with you, Tom. In the 1970s, the crime went through the roof. We had the resolve of the police to go out and address it. That's gone. That left the conversation. And you discussed some of the reasons why. Um, The immunity, um, loss of pension, potential incarceration, trying to do your job. And the other thing that's happened in the city, and, and this is something people do not understand who didn't live in 93 when... Giuliani was sworn in, and Bill Bratton, the most progressive and highly intelligent police administrator we've had. The demographic in the city was different. We have more of a demographic that is democratically minded, which is why we don't even put up a decent Republican candidate. And I mean no sliding to Curtis Sliwa. He just doesn't have the resume to run this city. I don't know how you run a city like New York with the ethnic and religious and cultural diversity that it has and have anybody be happy at the end of the day. But I did just want to mention that, Tom. The problem we're facing today is these cops aren't going to go back out and engage the way they did in the 70s and 80s because Mm -hmm. there's no support or so backing. But listen, I do want to talk to you about the borders, but I want to talk to you first about what's going on in Texas, which is quite interesting. You and I both know the governor came out. Since the federal government will not regulate, control their border, they've decided to do so. They identified the fact they're going to have private land donated to them, correct, Tom, and funding, and uh, deploy the National Guard. And they're going to incarcerate the people that violate our borders, which is a criminal act, I remind everyone, not catch and release them. The response by the federal government at the notion that the governor of that state would protect its residents and citizens is we're challenging you? (laughs) Now, here's the question. Who prevails in this instance? We have a constitutional battle coming our way, I believe. And I certainly hope the governor, who's their head of state, right, prevails in this instance because it's quite yeah. apparent, as you and I are discussing, there's absolutely no resolve on the, on the side of the federal government to address this. And I have to tell right. you something else that's interesting. I watch CBS in the morning, primarily because Commissioner Bratton's wife, Ricky Kleeman, and they're both friends of mine. Uh, does legal segments. And yesterday, they gave it a lot of appropriate airtime speaking to the condition of this border. They then followed up with the the mayor of McLaren, Texas, as you've probably seen, Mm -hmm. speaking to the fact that they had 7,000 migrants come into their state COVID positive since the beginning of the year and 1,500 in the past week. I go back and ask you, is the public sleeping here or are we just too damn distracted by our iPhones your cars you're driving, you know, your new watch. I mean, what is pro- what's the problem here? Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we're going to see it in 2022, Tom. Well, look, I, I was in Texas uh, two weeks ago. And, uh, and people down in Texas and in places like Arizona are not, are not sleeping. Uh, I do encourage everybody else to wake up because uh, people are not, they're coming across the border, but they're not staying at the border. Well, part of the, the Biden administration uh, part of the Biden administration's policy is to give these folks a free bus ticket and a free plane ticket 
wherever they want to go. They are actually also busing them uh, themselves into the interior of the United States. They're going to places like North Carolina and Tennessee. Uh, when Obama did this, they, they ended up in about 20 states. I would assume that these folks will end up um, in, uh, in, even, in even more places. Uh, look, I think that what Governor Abbott is doing is spot on. I applaud the other governors for sending law enforcement assets. I think there are four or five governors. Oh, there's more than that, sent- Tom. There's more than there's that. More there's now. more than half a dozen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and they're sending, they're sending uh, uh, law enforcement <laughs> assets to Texas to help. I think that that's absolutely correct. I have also advocated, and I think it's very important, for the state legislatures in these states to to pass resolutions saying that they will not accept illegals from uh, when the federal government tries to resettle uh, illegal immigrants into their states, and 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 uh, and I think that these states that are that are getting these folks, they should pass a law that says that they will not, and, and they're going to have to fight that in court as well. But the states themselves. Uh, need to need to step up. I'm very glad that Texas is doing that. They need to appropriate money. They need to start building a border wall as as soon as the the courts will allow them to do it. And they need to start incarcerating people. You know, Tom, I Um, I do want to say one thing so everyone's clear about something. You and I are not anti-immigrant. What what we're lacking here, exactly. There has to be a mechanism in place. In other words, the country's built off immigrants. I spoke to you earlier before we got rolling here. My mother's and my father's uh, parents came through Ellis Island. This is not about anti-immigrant, but there's right. got to be a mechanism in place that does this in an orderly fashion. Not that it's done as a, it's like it's a free for all, which is what's going on in the right. borders. Look, what I find interesting, yeah. and I just want to mention this very quickly, that certain media outlets, I'll let people figure it out on their own, are intentionally deceiving their viewership as to not to convey to them the extreme condition we're dealing with at the at the border. I'm trying to right. put my arms around that we're talking about our children wearing masks which i'm not a favor a fan of because i don't believe it's good for them to rebreathe their co2 when the respiratory systems are in development right but we're concerned about the virus but not so much when we have people infiltrating the country who are rampant with this is just like it's becoming like the funny farm here well, it's more it's more liberal hypocrisy look uh you know the, the biden administration and Kamala Harris says, well, you know, the border was broken to begin with, and uh, we were telling people not to come. They shouldn't come. We are giving people, if they cross the border, they're getting free housing, free food, free clothes, free education, free health care, a free bus or plane ticket anywhere that they want to go. They are immediately put into the social welfare complex that you and I were talking about. That is the, the, the you know, the, the Democrats' uh, primary uh, agenda item is to expand that social welfare complex. They are immediately put into that. Seventy percent of them will never get out of that social welfare complex. Um, and and people like you and I and folks who pay taxes of, of of all political stripes, of all races, creeds, and colors, they're the ones who are paying for it. Meanwhile, we've got a, a national catastrophe going on with thousands of people dying in the streets in our in our in our cities. We have gangs. Uh, we have a uh, an education, a government-run education system that is failing, particularly um, particularly communities of color, but people all across America, and uh, and it's so it, it is absolutely ridiculous that we're allowing these folks 
to to come in and it's going to be about 2 million so lou if if the if it continues the way that it's continue that it, that it's going now more people than the population of a dozen states will come into the united states illegally this year because of the biden administration and 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 the democrats look the other way because ultimately they want to re- they want to get these folks into the system they don't give a crap about them having the american dream but i got a bigger question so let's say hypothetically the governor puts up the wall independent of what the judge rules of the federal government says what are we going to do send federal troops and tear it down this is my question why aren't they you, you understand where we're going with this today I think I think that these states should really be pushing the envelope. I think they should be putting these walls on 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 private property if they need to, uh, and they really should be pushing the envelope. They should show the public that Washington, particularly this administration, has absolutely no, regardless of what they say, absolutely no interest in solving this problem. Tom, let me run to a quick break, if I may, and then I want to come back. And I do want to ask you um, your opinion as what a potential solution is with this whole border issue. We're going to be right back, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank Mr. Basili for joining us today. I want to thank our sponsors, Instacart and Buzzsprout. I want to thank uh, Spotify and Apple. I want to thank everybody that's supported this exercise. I encourage you to go to our website at betweenthelines.tv. We are interested in hearing from you. This is not about contention today. We're speaking to you factually and truthfully. You do not have to be spoon-fed by Tom Basili or myself, or for that matter, any media outlet. Go out and do your own independent investigation. It's going to horrify you what's standing before you and looking in your eyes. And we are not anti-immigrant. This is a topic that has to be intelligently regulated, like gun control, which we're going to get into in a little bit. We'll be right back, and thank you for joining us today. We'll be right back. If you're a podcaster, I can't say enough good things about Buzzsprout. That is how we distribute our show, and to learn more about them, go to our betweenthelines.tv. I do want to explain one thing about Buzzsprout. Very user-friendly, and as you know, we incorporated ourselves. So if you're inclined to create your own uh, podcast and you want some real good support mechanism, we would tell you entertain Buzzsprout. They're very, very good. And as I said, we use them. Instacart, another interesting concept. You can go to your favorite grocery stores, sign on to their application without leaving your home, the comfort of your home. Just pick out the items you'd like. They'll assign a personal shopper for you and deliver them to the point that you would like them delivered to. Another great concept, very user-friendly, and I'll be honest, we use it also. It's very effective, and they're very, very good. They're very uh, on point. We're back, and with us today is a gentleman by the name of Tom Basili. Tom is an author. He is a columnist for the Washington Times and a journalist on Newsmax TV. We've been discussing a myriad of topics, and we're going to continue to discuss this border issue. And I do want to ask, uh, Tom, your your approach to this border discussion and then we're going to, i do want to move on to gun control with you as well sir sure um first of all we have to stop conflating the idea of um political refugees and economic migrants this is something that the left in this country has done very uh very uh deliberately uh they want people to feel like these folks are fleeing 
political oppression. And so we need to bring them in. We need to take them in. That's not what's going on here. These are economic migrants. They are not, there are a, a, a percentage of them, a small percentage of them may be legitimate political refugees, but they are being told to apply for refugee status, even though they are clearly economic migrants. And you have to have one effective border infrastructure uh, and whether it's a whether it's a wall, whether it's electronics, whether it's whether it's troops or, or border patrol on the border with significant with significant force, you've got to have that infrastructure. And by the way, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, Barack Obama all said this in the early 2000s, that this was important, that we needed to have effective barriers along our southern border. They have now totally flipped their narrative there. So you need infrastructure, you need personnel, and then you also need to have limits. Um, I think that what Trump did, and you know, and I agree with the president on the former president on certain things. I disagreed with him. Um, the Remain in Mexico policy was working. It was dissuading people from making the trip. It was keeping people back in their home countries. Um, he was tying aid to the Northern Triangle countries to whether or not they kept their people in those countries. And, um, and I think that we need to go back to those policies. I think it's very, very clear. I also think that there are roles for states to play this in, in this. And I, as I mentioned, I think that states need to start rejecting migrants that the federal government is buying. In I and agree with you, Tom. Off and telling their social services. Can I just say one word here real quick? People. Cuba. Yeah. Cuba. People fleeing political oppression. The rules don't right. seem to apply to them. I mean... Yeah, they were told don't come. I mean, right? this is... I don't even know what to say. And I know that we put up some window dressing with the vice president as to, you know, don't come to the borders. That went in one ear and out the other. And I think, as you yeah. know... Um, the the elected officials, the leaders of these countries like Honduras, Guatemala came out and said, this is the byproduct of the Biden administration. That's the impetus to them fleeing to the border. And you alluded to the former president and his addressment at the border where he leveraged uh, Mexico into uh, regulating its southern border to Honduras. You know, Absolutely. again, I go back and say that yeah. these things are staring us right in the eyes, Tom. I, I just don't even know where to go with this today. Lou, and I want to I bring up something else. And we've touched on this a couple of times in the conversation. And that is this concept of the American dream, which I also think is being warped by the left very intentionally to try and con people into thinking that we should have an open borders policy. When my grandparents came here from Italy, they came here and they came here legally. They had to have people come before them to make sure that they had a roof over their head, that they had income, that they were not going to become wards of the state. And they were expected to work, to learn English and to create their own wealth. And there used to be a time in this country where people came here with two nickels and they went from poverty into the middle class in one generation. That is not, that's the American dream. That is not the American dream of Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders and AOC and Nancy Pelosi. The, these people that are coming across the border are going to become part of a new dependency class. They are going to be sucked into a government 
support system that most of them will never get out. We have a responsibility as Americans to protect the concept of the American dream. And we do that by saying, you know what? We're going to be a nation of immigrants, but we're going to make sure that the people who come here are going to have the best opportunity imaginable to be able to make it here on their own without the government giving them a check, paying for their housing, and and giving them so-called free stuff at the expense of everybody else. And I think that's so so key to the American how the American mindset needs to uh, needs to approach this issue. I tell you, I tell you, Tom. You know, I I think to sim- simplify this, I live by this word kiss because I I think that's one thing we moved away from. The agenda is quite clear. We're, we're, we're developing a voting base, really, and that's at the expense, I hate to say this, of the future of this country and on the backs of our children. You know, I, I do want to say one thing, Tom. It's never my intention to become too political, but the truth has no political association. It's the truth, and I encourage people to go out and, and delve into this themselves. I want to take a quick break, but, Tom. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, I want to finish your thought. Go ahead, sir. No, no, and I, and I want to, if you, if you, you want to, make this non-political. Let's just say it, all right? Republicans are partly to blame because they have ignored communities of color because they weren't a voting base. Absolutely correct, And sir. Democrats have taken advantage of these folks, buying off their leaders and, and basically buying, buying off their votes. And at the end of the day, you, you have a human crisis where you do have a new segregation. Uh, and and it and it's and it's despicable. We're going to take a quick break, Tom. When we come back, we're gonna we're gonna bump into this whole gun control issue, which is another issue that's mired in misinformation from the left. Um, they they just have this, I guess, compulsion to intentionally mislead the the citizens of this country. We're going to take a quick break, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank our sponsors. Um, I do encourage you, please go to our website at betweenthelines.tv. You can listen to shows past or present. Um, and I encourage you to participate with emails. You may call in as well. And just to remind you, we have a gentleman with us today, Tom Basili, who is quite accomplished in his own right and is, uh, I would say, volunteering some rather interesting insight as to the condition of this country on a number of issues. So we'll be right back. And thank you for joining us. If you're a podcaster, I can't say enough good things about Buzzsprout. That is how we distribute our show. And to learn more about them, go to our betweenthelines.tv. I do want to explain one thing about Buzzsprout. Very user-friendly. And as you know, we incorporated ourselves. So if you're inclined to create your own uh, podcast and you want some real good support mechanism, we would tell you entertain Buzzsprout. They're very, very good. And as I said, we use them. Instacart. Another interesting concept, you can go to your favorite grocery stores, sign on to their application without leaving your home, the comfort of your home. Just pick out the items you'd like. They'll assign a personal shopper for you and deliver them to the point that you would like them delivered to. Another great concept, very user-friendly, and I'll be honest, we use it also. It's very effective, and they're very, very good. They're very uh, on point. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. With us today, we have Tom Basili. Author, journalist, uh, columnist for the Washington Times. Uh, you can find him on Newsmax TV, which I would encourage you to do. He's 
provides quite a bit of interesting insight as to the problems that are nagging us today. And he and I are both of uh, the same cloth. Uh, we don't want to overly politicize this. We, we're acknowledging that there is fault on both sides of this aisle. You know, just very quickly, Tom, we need immigrants in the country. They seem to continue the work, continue this work ethic that we're starting to move away from that we touched upon at the very beginning yeah. of the show, the way yeah. we've spoiled our children, for example. But in any case, um, you want to comment on that and then we'll go to gun control? Yeah, you know, Lou, I think that the immigration issue, uh, when it comes to Republicans and conservatives in this country, it's not a monolithic view. I think that's one of the things that the left wing media and big tech uh, like to like to and the Democrats like to push is that, oh, Republicans and conservatives, they're they're anti-immigrant. They're, they, they, they don't want any of these. They want to kick all these people out. Um, and and that's just not the case. Uh, and and I was at CPAC a couple of years ago and they did a straw poll on the immigration issue and the the um, some form of path to citizenship actually got a very substantial um, a very substantial number of what is traditionally a much more conservative audience because I think that people are smart enough to realize that we're not kicking these people out they're they're here and we're not going to be able to we're not sending them home many of these folks have they have uh, they have become productive members of society um, what we need to do is in the here and now start controlling this in, and making sure that these folks, again, have the ability to achieve uh, the, the American dream. So I don't think that it's a, it's, it's a monolith. I think that, um, that Americans, given the fact that we are an incredibly generous country, and people understand that we're a nation of immigrants, that uh, if, uh, if folks are willing, if the Democrats are willing to have a serious debate that, uh, about what to do with the folks who are here, and controlling the border, I think that you could get you you could get to a compromise. I don't know in this particular Congress with this president who's totally controlled by the far left. If if you would if you would, but I think that you'd you'd have a lot of Republicans and conservatives take a much more common sense approach to it than the way that they're framed in the press. Yeah, I agree with you, Tom. I want to talk to you about gun con- this gun control issue and and what I find interesting about it once again, as I mentioned earlier is this intentional exercise of misleading the public as to what's going on with the firearms issue in the country. Mm -hmm. Um, We conveniently neglect to mention that the common denominator to every mass shooting is mental illness. We just kind of gloss over it. Mm -hmm. I think that we're uh, failing to recognize the number of firearms that are in this country that are on the conservative side of 400 million. I think that we're conveniently neglecting the fact that between last year and I believe this year at June, we'd ha- June, excuse me, we've had over 80 million NICS checks. That's a uh, a check to acquire at least one firearm. One NICS okay. check, you could buy quite a number of firearms on national instant criminal background check. I think they're ignoring the fact that we're having almost 10 million first-time gun buyers. This is not the climate to be talking about gun control because obviously the public is unnerved. Their response in buying firearms supports that statement. So the question is, you know, how do we approach this gun control issue? Because this is this is one in which we need um, compromise. We need an intelligent discussion. And I believe, not to be simplistic about this, but we need a mechanism that starts with addressing 
mentally and emotionally disturbed people from acquiring firearms. And then I think we kind of continue the conversation from there. Um, well, sure. You know the you know the inconsistencies is that these assault rifles that they want to ban are public officials. They, they have the security details carrying them, and the public is asking, well, why can I use them to protect my family? Is your right. safety more important than my You know, and it's a legitimate question, but I'm curious to get a little bit of your intake on this. Well, I think, first of all, we've done a really poor job of having the different areas of law enforcement and these different databases uh, communicate with each other. If you remember the Parkland student uh, that uh, in, that was involved in that, in that tragedy, uh, the cops have been called to this kid's house dozens and dozens of times, um, and yet somehow, uh, and yet somehow there was no there was no action that was uh, that was that was taken. Um, so I think that after nine eleven, one of the things that I think we tried to do with our law enforcement and our um, our federal law enforcement, our state and local, is to increase and break down barriers, break down barriers to communication so that people could talk to each other better if we had an, if we had another terrorist incident. Um, I think that when it comes to mental health issues, when it comes to crime, when it comes to other issues, we're not doing that terribly effectively. But uh, I, I want to go back to an issue of priorities. And I keep on going. I keep going back to this number. Yes, every every single mass shooting by somebody who's dealing with men, who, who's who's mentally ill is a horrific tragedy. Eight thousand people were killed on the streets of America in just in urban and urban environments, mostly black on black or black on brown crime. Last year, 8,000 people. That's more people than died in the war in, in, in Iraq and, and 9-11 combined. It's happening every single year. Those people are not getting background checks. They're not legal gun owners. They're not necessarily mentally ill. Um, we're having the wrong conversation. If we're really talking about saving lives... We're having the wrong conversation. And, and I don't think that when it comes to the Democrats who are saying, well, we need more gun laws. Um, we need to get rid of AR-15s. And they're not interested in having the right conversation about this and actually saving lives. Um, so I think that that's where we really should be starting. Is And, and one of the, you, you, you said 400 million guns and 80 million new guns. Let's remember. A lot of the firearms that are in circulation in the United States, some of them are 50, 60, 70, 80 years old. Some of these guns have been in circulation, passed from gang member to gang member for decades. Those are not guns that are being sold at a gun shop yet tomorrow. No gangbanger walks into the gun shop to get a, to get a background check and then goes out and starts shooting up a street. That's what we need to be focused on. And the, the Biden administration is on the total opposite side of that. They want to talk about penalties for, for gun dealers uh, who, who, sell, who, sell, who sell guns. Uh, they want to talk about assault rifles and things like that. 
the total wrong conversation to be having. These are actually two separate conversations, Tom, too. You're correct. The one in which we're having all of these people murdered in our major cities, this is an enforcement issue. That's right. all there is to it. Simple. Right. The other issue about regulating access of these firearms is something that's a separate conversation that a compromise needs to be made on. But there's no compromise in addressing what's going on in the major cities. You need right. to dedicate the appropriate resources to put that condition under arrest, to use a word that's germane to law enforcement. Go ahead, Tom. And here, here's the other thing, though, is that when we, we were talking about the DAs earlier, all right, you and I both know that one of the first things to get dropped in a plea bargain is the gun charge. And I have long advocated that that should be illegal, that states should prevent their district attorneys from dropping gun charges. The problem that you have, particularly in places like Illinois, New York and California and Washington State and Oregon State, Washington, D.C., is that there is a um, a strain within the Democratic Party today that says we we are anti um we are anti-incarceration. So if you've got people who have a mandatory, um, if there's going to be a mandatory gun charge, well, there's going to be jail time that comes to, comes with that. So it's not just about the policing. It's about state policy um, with respect to DAs. And it's also how the DAs run their offices. Tom, you're familiar with the Sullivan Law, am I correct, sir? In the Sullivan. state of New York, mandatory year in jail if you're caught with an illegal concealed yeah. weapon. We, we don't even do that. You know what we didn't we don't talk do, No, we totally ignore the Sullivan Law. Well, that's, but you know what we forgot to talk about today was bail reform under this governor. <laughs> we, I don't we know how that one slipped through the crack. No, 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 no. But you, know, you talk about what's hamstringing New York and New York City. Yeah. But listen, yeah. we're going to wrap it today. And I, I hope that you come back because these conversations are quite stimulating. And the, these are conversations the public needs to hear. And I go back and say, don't take us on our word. Go out and do your own investigating. You'll find Absolutely. out factually that this is what's going on. And hopefully that will influence your decision when you vote at the polls. And that's something that's critical in, at this point in 2022. I have never been anti-Democrat. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I've actually voted for Democrats. I do th say this to you today. It's an unrecognizable party. They, they are, there's an undercurrent, uh, and we, we are dealing with this extreme left, and I mentioned some of the players, that are undermining their own efforts, which I don't have a problem with because the overall agenda of the Democratic Party is not one that's in the best interest of this country, and more importantly, not in the best interest of our children and the future of this country. So we're going to wrap it today. I want to thank Tom Basile for joining us today, and I hope that we can get you back on, Tom. Um, there's, we, we could keep talking about these topics for quite some time, but I think it's important that in intelligent, responsible information is provided to the public so we can give you food for thought. That's what this is about. In any case, Tom, thank you so much, buddy, and I cannot thank you. Real pleasure. You. Yeah, yeah, it's my pleasure as well. And I, I'm going to ride you about office. You're a young horse. <laughs> okay. Let's get some mileage out of you, Tom. <laughs> okay, buddy, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Luke. You heard what you heard today. Rather interesting uh, guest, very informed um someone who i would i would encourage especially since he's young enough to run this race to get into the political melee again that he was once involved in um we didn't have enough time to be very candid with you to speak to full extent with all of these topics these 
these conversations could be quite protracted uh, because they're quite involved and and they they involve a lot of uh, important information and facts that the public needs to know about. And I remind the public and our listeners, stop listening to the spoon-fed nonsense you're receiving from your media outlets. And that even applies to me. Do not take what I say to you as dogma. Go out and investigate for yourself. Find out the facts driving a lot of this discussion today. And above all things, please please keep our children in the forefront of your mind every time you think of saying something or doing something. Think about how it will translate to them. And uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us today. I'm Lou Palumbo. This has been Between the Lines. Between the Lines.